This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to episode 119 of the Women's Running Podcast. I am your host, Esther Newman, and she is your other host, Holly Taylor. This episode, we have a special guest in the shape of Claire Maxted, co-founder and former editor of Trail Running Magazine, the owner of the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel, and the author of The Ultimate Trail Running Handbook, so she knows a thing or two about trail running. We talk here about PE days again because I'm slightly obsessed with them and how they can give us such a negative experience of sport and movement. And as we chat about here, it's not necessarily the sport itself that makes us hate it, but all the other peripheral stuff like communal showers. The big reason I got Claire on here was to try and persuade pavement pounder Holly onto the trails. If you've never randomly decided to head down an unknown footpath, it takes a lot of courage to tread the path less travelled. Claire is here to instill us all with a bit of trail confidence. And my favourite tip she gives us is about navigation, which can feel like a bit of a dark art. But as she said, the easy way to discover a path is to run down it and then we can run back again. Claire is a joyful, enthusiastic trail runner and it doesn't take long to persuade Holly to try something new and hopefully you'll get some of that enthusiasm too. And then we eventually discuss Bake Off and what actually constitutes a flan. We get in a bit of a muddle about summer pudding, bread pudding and bread and butter pudding. No haters, please. Don't ignore this bit. Do join us on Patreon because we've got a couple of new benefits when you subscribe and that's from just £2 a month. So firstly, we have an exclusive weekly newsletter for me and Hall just for patrons. And secondly, patrons on the Cheer Squad tier, and that's just £6 a month, can listen to bonus podcasts too. 
Our first one is chocker with swearing and controversy and running scandals. It's like cereal, but for running. I might have oversold it, but it's ace. Well, we're regularly told off. We we were um, bitching on yes. WhatsApp the other day because we got another comment uh, every so often. We tend to be quite marmitey on this pod. And when we do okay. get reviews, it's either people saying that they love it and that always warms our souls and makes us feel brilliant. Or we do get the odd person who goes, I have never listened to a more dull and uh, horrendous podcast in my life. It's never, Aww. it's never, it's always an extreme, isn't it, Esther? <laughs> you remember the, the, one yeah. of the last um, ones, uh, the, the reviewer said something like, um, I turned on to this, this I, I tuned in, I don't suppose you tune into podcasts, I tuned into this running podcast and they, they were talking about vacuum cleaners. <laughs> yeah. Me. Why not? That was my personal highlight. I remember that <laughs> episode. It's one of my favourites. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Exactly. We're still runners, and I think I think I think some people give us a bit of stick for not talking about running massively always. But I think you know it's all part of the the community aspect that that's what we've all got in common and runners don't just want to talk yeah. about bloody running all no, the time I don't listen to any running podcasts I had to actually look up all the podcasts that I I've emailed loads of podcasts because I'm trying to sell more copies of my book mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like all right, I need to like I need to look up all the running podcasts because I listen to no such thing as a fish um Kathleen mm-hmm. Ryan I love oh I love that one too I listen to inside ghosts obviously now nice um, but yeah I hate running podcasts and apart from my own and I have listened to yours and I was mm. like ah oh, this is a running podcast I can get on board with because it's not actually about running so I am actually Yay. going to take you on my next yeah. one that's what <laughs> we aim for running, you don't necessarily want to hear about running while you're running do you I mean it's great that this elite athlete's done this that and the other this mm. week but uh, it's always the same isn't it I was like so how do you train loads and loads and loads I don't <laughs> yeah. have a job. And, <laughs> and it's like I can't relate to oh, that yeah, yeah. yeah. I think oh. the I think you know well that was why I was excited when Esther said that you were coming on because my trail running experience is um as Esther can attest I think maybe two park runs where I was running on more grass than pavement (laughs) Um, still a trail trail. we counted it we decided that was my first trail run um I mean I'm not sure there's any more than that so hopefully along those lines it will be a really nice opportunity to chat to you if from people from coming from my kind of perspective who have very very little experience in that or find that all a bit scary and are a bit nervous to do that um yeah that yeah I was excited to talk to you yeah well, this is why, I'm this is why... to tell you I actually had to revise I just opened the page of my <gasps> book where I do talk about several ideas oh, nice. <laughs> I was like Good. how do I tell oh. them about like, I'll just I'll just read this <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that book that's that's kind of you know like we're so happy to have you on because we know that you can help us kind of understand trails and run them kind of easier or better or discover them in the first place I guess but when we first chatted about you coming on the podcast you said that you'd kind of been phobic of running at school um, and so you've gone from being anti-running when you were at school and and this this I can completely (laughs) empathize with but to go from anti-running to writing a book called the ultimate guide to trail running as a grown-up so like can you talk us through first of all like how you've gone from like a to b there yes and firstly I would like to say thank you for calling me a grown-up because you are a (laughs) grown-up (laughs) 
I don't <laughs> self-identify as a grown-up just yet. Um, but yeah, so running at school, I was kind of like, I wasn't like a hugely fat kid or a skinny kid. I was like, you know, looking back now on those photos, I've, I've got a perfect body, but you never think of that at the time, do you? You always hate yourself when you're 15. And I just hated running because at school running was always about running really fast. So it was always some mm. kind of competition. You're always running around a track or it was the middle of winter and you were have to run like around in a tiny skirt in the park in all this mud and it was a race against everybody else in the year um there was always the fear of the bleep test that perennial fear of are you gonna do the bleep test yeah yeah I heard heard tell of the bleep test but I don't think I ever had to actually do it yeah well it's horrible you have to run from one side of the hall to the other um in time to the bleep like before the bleep happens and if you get don't get there before the bleep you have to stand at the side and so obviously if you stand at the side quite early because you haven't made an effort then you everyone's just like oh she's not very good but when I used to have to do it with the boys the bleep test um but and that was really humiliating I found because of being ginger and so pale I go really bright red really quickly if I make any kind of effort or even if I talk to people I just go bright red and so I remember some of the boys were like oh look Claire Max has gone red already so then I just thought oh I don't want to really go red it's not very attractive so I'll just drop out at level eight and this other boy that was really good at running he actually was quite ginger actually but it didn't matter it didn't seem to matter that boys went red um he got to level Mm. 14 and everyone's like oh my god that's amazing wow Mm. and I was like oh I wish I could get to level 14 but I'm too scared to push myself like that because of what I look like, which is ridiculous. And oh, now I wouldn't God. care. That's so interesting, Claire. Yeah. I think age 15, I, yeah, that was a I thing. I hadn't, hadn't even thought about that aspect because we've talked a couple of times on the pod about Mm -hmm. like running experience at school and I remember such a similar thing that I I also go really 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 red and I always Mm. have and yeah I guess it's something to do with my complexion and and where my where my blood goes I don't know um (laughs) I'm not a scientist but I feel like (laughs) similarly something happened and I can't quite remember exactly like who it who it was that said it or what the circumstance was but I similarly remember being in primary school and somebody being like oh my god you go so red and then Mm. and it was playing netball or something like that in PE and from then on I was like the priority became about looking like I don't know (laughs) yeah one of the girls who people didn't laugh at and say you're red rather than about Mm. pushing myself and getting involved and enjoying the sport yeah. yeah yeah and it even happened to me in the office just a few years ago when I was editing trail running magazine we used to go for a run at lunchtime and a guy at work who is a lovely guy and I, I know him really well I still know him um he said oh Claire you've gone really red I thought you were really fit and I was like <gasps> going red doesn't mean I'm not fit it just means I tried no. hard it means that yeah. I am very fit actually and I was like gosh but, and he wasn't he's a runner as well like not like a super serious runner or anything but he used to run at lunchtime as well and you know you get back into a hot office having had a quick shower but not yeah, to cool you down and you're still yeah. red so that was you know I'm like yeah 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 violins out whatever it's not like a, a massive deal but it, it was for me <laughs> it wasn't like I wasn't bullied excessively like, you know, groups of guys in the street do shout ginger at me. And I'm like, oh, you noticed. Like, <laughs> one day I really want to, like, when people shout at me in the street for having ginger hair, usually groups of lads of a certain mm-hmm. age, once you've walked past them, which is always cool, and they shout, ginger, 
or oh ginger like that and one day I want to just turn around and go oh, oh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> as if I had never realized that I have ginger hair. but yeah can I just say what's the fuck I like, like, who? Who, who cares? It's a lovely yeah. colour, isn't it? I like it. It's gorgeous. <laughs> also, I wanted red hair all of my colour. childhood. It is absolutely yeah. beautiful. Oh, really? Oh, you wouldn't have wanted it in childhood. You get too many people yeah. making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, yeah, it makes I think it makes people that have ginger hair. My my husband also um it, it developed developed the hide of a rhino because of the mm. level of abuse. I mean, I don't get groups of blokes walking behind me shouting, Mousy! You know, <laughs> yeah. and know. the closest <laughs> I know like, oh, you much. kids giggling going ginger <laughs> and it's just why like, is it funny <laughs> it's, so weird. it's, it's, it's it anything out. it looks like fire it's quite yeah. fiery yeah. Which is powerful and cool. I was going to say the closest I've ever come is I remember, uh, w- w- this has just come to me. I haven't thought about this since I was like 12 and it probably happened. It's much less prominent now, but I've got a gap between my two front teeth. Oh. Um, and I remember walking through town once and somebody shouted, get the London look at me and then laughed and ran away. <laughs> oh, for Kate, from Kate Moss? Yes, you remember those adverts. It was, yeah. I, I think it was, yeah. I think it was the, the Jagger, daughter of Mick Jagger. I can't remember oh, her first oh, name. Oh, yes. Yeah. She Peaches. did those adverts. And she had a, a, something like that. And she had a, she had no. a massive gap. Yeah. Much yeah. more prominent than mine, but somebody shouted, get yeah. the London look at me and ran away and I was so self-conscious Ugh. and embarrassed. Yeah. And it's, it's like funny, Madonna. isn't it? Because they're not necessarily mm. saying, yes, that's really good or no, that's really bad. But just because they've noticed it, you assume yeah. that it's a bad thing and it's just really mm. something you want to hide. And talking yeah. about things you want to hide, the other thing about games at school was, I don't know if you're like a similar age to me. I'm like approaching 40. You guys don't look as if you're approaching 40 yet, but you've got kids. No, I'm approaching age, 50. So. You're approaching 50? Oh, the juice of, of life and uh, every morning it seems <laughs> no, no, no. yes the elixir of youth yeah um, the of, of youth, that's those it. gels <laughs> um yeah so after okay I, you probably had this too then but I don't know if they do this now I need to find out from my sister she is actually a teacher but we had communal showers that we yeah. were forced to go into with mm. a register like do (gasps) do they get away with that now like we had an actual register and you had to actually take all your clothes off hang your towel in a certain place and get in the shower and then come out and get the towel again and your teacher the teacher would stand there watching and ticking your name off the list and the only way you could get out is if you said you had your period in which case you had to have a strip wash by the sink with your pants on and it's just like what (gasps) I'm not gonna die if I go home sweaty because games is on a Wednesday afternoon and you just go home and then you get a shower presumably most yeah and we did we had tactics we were like right you put your towel there we won't look at each other and then we'll just run through like we literally ran through we did no scrubbing there was no armpit activity going on whatsoever and we just ran got a bit wet and like ran naked through a shower and I just think like that's that's just horrendous if you know that you if you get really hot and sweaty you're gonna have to have a shower at school yeah. afterwards and everyone you know at 15 some people have got like a huge bush and some people have mm. got nothing or no boobs or some people are really well endowed and some not mm. and some are and fat, either some are way you're gonna be like you're gonna comparing be comparing yourself comparing whichever yeah. 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 also yeah. as well yeah. like kids who like we were talking about earlier like trans kids non-binary kids like it's such a thing that like is an extra thing to put you off in school if you or like like with sport in school anyway for queer kids or whatever there's still a an aspect of feeling like 
you've got to do this thing that feels very physical in front of people and it puts a lot of kids off and it's still quite gendered and let alone if you're then being forced to bear your naked body to kids afterwards oh my god so awful so it's it's horrible because that's exactly my experience of school and I'm 10 years older than you so yeah so my experience in the mid 80s mid to late 80s exactly the same as yours was 10 years later hopefully it's not now I just really hope not now yeah absolutely Mm. so PE not not brilliant Mm -mm. no and it's a shame so I I went to uni I I was good at stuff that didn't make me go red like mountain biking on family holidays I used to really love hiking so at Mm -hmm. school we did this thing called the challenge walk which was really cool it was like either 25 miles for two days so 50 miles in total or 35 miles over one day and so I used to do those hikes like in walking boots as you did in the day and like a Rohan jumper a Rohan had a fleece or something and a little backpack a Berghaus backpack and um I used to do those every year since I was 12 to like 18 and then I came back from uni to do one as well and yeah it was um it that was really good and the teachers there were different to the PE teachers and they were biology teachers um biology chemistry um maths uh yeah like a history and they would tell us about the surroundings Dr Lockyer would always be going oh a skylark a skylark (laughs) and stuff like that and it was and they treated us more as equals on this hike Mm. and they were caring and you know they you know I I played the flute at school and it, it was somebody's birthday and they said oh Claire when we stay over in this village hall can you play the flute can you play Danny Boy on the flute to Dr Lockyer because it's his 50th birthday or something and so it was like a very nice little team yeah it's a community (laughs) thing isn't it already early on yeah Yeah. Mm. I got my love of the great outdoors from there I did my DOV with the biology teacher Mrs Wade um she was really influential in my um development out in in the outdoors Dr Lockyer Mr Holland Dr and Mrs Street and um Mr Skirmer as well they were all like really like really good at encouraging you whereas all yeah. the games teachers I still am friends with a couple of them on Facebook so I don't hope they don't listen to this but they were just like <laughs> knees up knees up and come on get going and like no you have to do your shoes up this way and and it was all like ordering you about and like mm. being mean and making you run about and going look at that wasted effort I can clearly remember someone saying that to one of my friends um because she was running as hard as she could but yeah or maybe she said look at that excellent effort but I can't remember hopefully Mm. she said that but anyway (laughs) hiking was really cool and Mm -hmm. so um I was really into the outdoors in general but at uni I drank too much beer got a bit fat the fastest way to sort of burn a few calories is running so I Mm -hmm. thought I need to get back into this but I was I found that I was really phobic and if I'd said to myself right you're going to do a run like sometime today I'd be nervous Mm. all day and just be like oh but I knew that you know if you're scared of spiders or snakes you're supposed to gradually expose yourself to them as part of curing the phobia so I thought right well I'll try that I'll try just just doing some running like just doing a small run and a small run and a small run until I don't get nervous anymore and it's it, it sort of worked um but whilst I was doing all that running at uni I suddenly realized that um because of my hiking background and camping and all that kind of thing in the mountains I was like why am I running on the pavement here so I'd like go off into the park and I'd run through like a little bit of woodland this was all in Manchester so it's probably very dangerous but um I didn't end up in woodland, like discovered by a dog walker. I just ran through it and mm-hmm. I, I found Chalton Water Park as well. And I ran around there along the lake and the, the rivers and stuff. 
and then I started at Trail Magazine, the hiking magazine, which was really cool because I just got to go out hiking loads um, with the photographer and write features about things and stuff like that. That was my entry into like the whole journalism thing. And then an opportunity just came up to edit trail running. And at that point, I just started going up to the Lake District and doing the the Lakeland Trails, which is... um, it's a really good set of really beginner friendly races it's about mm. 10 15k races not like up to the top of a mountain and down again but around the sides of mountains still really pretty views um but just very inclusive they also had a walking start as well so the walkers would start the hour earlier and then the runners would start that the next hour so you could choose which one you wanted to do and you nice. could run in either of them but the first one was designed for walkers and and yeah it was just it just made running different it made running not about competition going bright red although I did still go bright red um and about um beating people and um just like slogging your guts out and getting that horrible blood taste in your mouth in winter it was more about going out chatting to people challenging yourself against the terrain looking at all the beautiful views and then coming across this finish line where everybody was cheering you and there was music there was a drumming band to start like one of those ballot drumming bands and the whole experience all atmosphere was one of yeah you've done something really cool well done rather than oh you should be up what are you doing there do your shoes up properly kind of thing and dreading it and oh you didn't get to this bleep across the room it just entirely pointless things it's running suddenly seemed to have a point and it was enjoyable Mm -hmm. um still hard you can push yourself how hard you want in trail running but it's less about the time and less about always making some kind of massive effort (laughs) it was more just enjoyable yeah the pointless thing is interesting isn't it because I think that's always how I viewed sport and it's still sometimes how I view sport now um yeah football but, especially what's the point of that um, <laughs> 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 oh do you like football sorry no, I want to get on board with the football with the women but I still hate it I enjoyed I'm a bit of a phony do you, did you feel the same Esther you found it that like, I'm not remotely interested in year round and and then something happens like when the lionesses were doing well over the summer yeah, I suddenly I was like that. Yeah, I did too. And I probably started getting really annoying. Like, sorry, do you not, do you, do you understand the offside rule? I'm like, am I around amateurs here? I think I definitely it's not get that a hard bit to understand. Annoyed. I don't really know why anyone wouldn't understand that. I don't know why people use that as a thing either. It's like people, it's no, very patronizing, very isn't it? The first time I heard it was yeah. like about women, where it was like, yeah people no, saying oh yeah does she understand the offside rule oh then she's a keeper or whatever yeah. not a goal not yeah, a goalkeeper yeah, yeah. Goal yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, put pads on her she'll look much better. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think this, this all comes around to like the thing that I've been kind of banging a drum about but it feels like maybe for the last month I've suddenly realized that this is a huge thing that like when you're at school you're told about sport and then as you grow up that it's sport this and sport that and and even within the pages of of women's running and even kind of in the brand of women's running we talk about running as a sport and and I know that technically it is but I think that for people that found PE and sport like team sport tricky uh, mm. in their childhood and teenagerhood and stuff that framing something as sport it, it can be off-putting so I, I like my thing, my new thing I've decided is to change the name of running to, to put it under some other branch. I don't want it to be sport. I want it to be something else because it's just, yeah. 
because I, I don't like like occasionally we have writers for the magazine that say oh our sport or whatever and I think no it's not it's not it's not our it's, I don't know it's not sport it's not sport at all and I, I, yeah. I find it it's just such a big concept because yeah with sport I think of football I think of netball mm. you know I think that's what I think it is and uh, what about a hobby could it be a hobby yeah but a hobby isn't a hobby like crochet indeed would work yeah well knitting. i guess i have hobby... just taken up knitting interestingly yeah. nice i mean yeah no actually to be fair because um i remember a couple of years ago and dave said to me um i think i was telling him off for playing too many games or whatever and he said oh, but what about you you don't have a hobby and i was like what do you think I'm doing every morning at half past six? So I did frame it as <laughs> mm-hmm. hobby, obviously. Um, I think so hobby yeah, maybe. insinuates a level of, um, like, I don't think there's a problem with calling running a hobby, but I think it insinuates a level of, of maybe like amateurishness or whatever. Like, of course yeah. you can, be, you can, you can, you can do a hobby very well but like hobby doesn't seem to suggest that like you're trying to hone a skill or like it seems like it's just something that you do to pass the time for fun it's like in French or Spanish lessons when you're a kid isn't it like what are your hobbies yeah it was the kind of question of like what do you do to to pass the time whereas yeah. I think I think running you know just in the same way that I suppose knitting or any of those things could become you know things that it's sort of like a like a personal venture or it's like a uh, like I guess you can work just as hard at something like that as that's something that you do in your free time outside of work that can become just as important to you and you can put just as much effort and energy into it as you do your day job kind of thing what do you call it like a yeah I don't know I mean I I think it is I mean it is isn't it because I've spent the last 30 years not having hobbies on my CV because like for the first 20 years I put cello on there even though I gave up yeah. 15. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I suppose yeah. hobbies sounds a bit you make fun of hobbies don't you like it could yeah. be like train spotting is your hobby you know you yeah. make fun of old yeah. men you know like fly like make model train my dad actually makes model trains in his attic Aww. that's a hobby isn't it yeah. um blast yeah um yeah <laughs> running not a sport yeah discuss <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But speaking of running as not a sport, like one of the big, big reasons I wanted to get you on here is because Holly says she's never run trails. She has done. She has. Yeah. She has. She has. I've done my park um, run, guys. Don't forget about it. She's done, she's done her park run. <laughs> um, I've done a little bit more, and um, but nothing, nothing massively adventurous. I've certainly not like leapt over any fells or anything. I, and, and, <laughs> or fences. Or no, definitely not. Definitely not. I've done a couple of kind of um, races in inverted commas, um, but they're very much kind of like long distance walking association. So, you know, you, you run, walk kind of thing. Um, That's so still trails? <laughs> I, it, is, it was definitely trails and it was definitely muddy. And yeah. So it felt quite authentic as an experience. But I was wondering how um, we could encourage, what would you say to someone that hadn't about why it's a good thing to do or why someone might enjoy it if they're very much paper focused? So the why is really interesting. So because it's uneven underfoot, your muscles are every foot strike is different. So every Mm. time your your foot hits the ground, your muscles kind of have to clench or 
or whatever it is they do in a certain way. Um, so it actually is better for you in terms of injury because it's not as repetitive like it is on the pavements. It's, every movement is quite similar on the pavement. So that's good. It also is a little bit more of a whole body workout because your whole body's working to stabilize yourself on that uneven terrain. So you kind of get a bit of a, a core workout, a bit of an arm workout. And also you get a bit of a brain workout because if you're on um, like a muddy trail or there's a bit of rocks coming up or twists and turns or some routes to jump over then it's actually giving your mind a bit more of a workout and you've got to really think about where you're putting your feet um, and where your body is in time and space so it can be more engaging and more interesting than just kind of plodding along on, on roads yeah and and it's definitely shown scientifically that being in nature and especially near bodies of water as well apparently that's proven to actually boost our mood and make us less prone to things like depression and anxiety and personally you know how we've got you know we we kind of caged ourselves haven't we as human beings and we're in these cities now and we sit in front of screens a lot of the day and sit and don't talk to people as much and go on our phones and uh, and there's a lot more incidences of people saying yes I'm depressed I'm anxious um mm -hmm. I, I don't feel good about myself and um, and I think all these kind of um mental illnesses stem from the fact that we don't use our bodies um yeah. rather than running being the cure for those illnesses I think that us not running has made the illnesses happen if you know what I mean so mm. I just think that humans are meant to run about we're meant to be active even if it's just gardening getting a little bit of a vegetable patch in your garden that's really good too um yeah. we're meant to move about and we're meant to move in the forests we're meant to move by bodies of water rivers streams canals we're meant to leap over logs and things and and we're meant to kind of feel the wind in our hair and like get to the top of something and go oh look down at my land this is where I live um so that's why it's it's just more exciting and for me personally it's more fulfilling than road running because you can get so much more out of it in terms of views and um just interest in the trail yeah. um, and you feel like you're going on a little mini adventure you don't even have to go that far from home either yeah so, I think it's so really start oh sorry Esther I was just going to say I think it's really starting to feel more appealing to me now for exactly those reasons I think I started struggling with anxiety off the back of the pandemic I've always been a I've, I've I'm Wednesday's child and characteristically full of woe I have been full oh. of woe for my whole life um but I do you don't sound full of woe you've got a really no. nice deep voice which makes me think you're on top of everything and you have everything sorted in life that's I how you came across to, to me that. okay good, good yeah honestly I was like oh my god this woman is so confident <laughs> this is amazing yeah, right? I don't oh, I'm gonna have to be on top funny I actually had two Linda to chocolates before coming on this having listened to your podcast and heard how funny you were I was like right I've got to be funny I've got to be happy quick eat the chocolate <laughs> that is the way to yeah. become funny and happy is to eat chocolate I mean I think it's um it is although I I love speaking and communicating and uh, and that is something that I do feel really confident in and always have um speaking of you know putting cello on CVs I still put like you know grade seven lambda acting or whatever it is I, I've always loved doing that stuff I've always always had that as, as a hobby but 
I have always felt weirdly insecure mm-hmm. or a sport. I have also mm-hmm. always felt weirdly insecure about um about anything else, basically. Like I feel as though I, I constantly have imposter syndrome with sport. I have it with work, I have it with loads and loads and loads of stuff in my life. And I think um that off the back of the pandemic, that was when it really, really started to kick in and not just be like a niggling, like, you know, I was a little bit of a worrisome person and started to actually like really affect my life. And running is such a is such a good way of dealing with it. But I do feel as though road running has maybe started to become a little bit without the push of training for, you know, we've we we did a half marathon and recently and that was something that was was really good because I felt like I was getting back on my feet and pushing towards something. Now we're doing another one and I'm still really excited about it and and I want to do it. But I think that magic of like, what am I pushing myself towards and what what's what's new for me here and what feels like I'm challenging myself is starting to go a little bit and maybe the the you know the repetitive nature, the the the, the literal plod of a road run mm. is starting to feel a little bit like it's not quite doing it for for my sense of yeah, that same. I think I have a lot of anxiety around not going out and seizing the day as much. And I'm so, <laughs> so tempted by by trail running because it just seems like something that brave people do, you know? So, so <laughs> right. Okay. So how, how does Holly start? How does, how do we start getting her into it? Well, the park run is a really good start. Where is your mm. park run, Holly? Oh, bloody miles oh, away, isn't it? Hall? It is bloody miles away. It's so <laughs> annoying. However, they mm. have just um, there's a, there's it's not park run affiliated. It's a it's like a local fitness group have just started doing a five k in our local park, which is like five minutes down the road from where I am every Sunday morning. Um, oh, so cool. I'm, I, I'm definitely going to start going to that. I think, I mean, I think that I can imagine that will probably be a mixture of road and trail because there are roads that go through. Um, whereas yeah. the one that Esther and I did before that is bloody miles away is and not local to either of us. It's so irritating because it's gorgeous, <laughs> but it's just not very oh, feasible. It's gorgeous. It yeah, will probably be a 5k walk to more for you, probably to get yes. there before yeah, we even started yeah. the the park run so it's a drive and then you can't park anywhere and, then and it, oh. it's a little bit of a faff a remote um, one quite remote but but completely you know middle of nowhere for bath and it is all trail that as far as i'm aware i can't think of any road bits no um, bits. yeah no, it's road lovely. Bits. Lovely route. it's really yeah. really lush and i've done it's interesting because uh, you talking about being a fan of hiking before getting into it because mm. I've done quite a lot of walking during the pandemic around that area because I found it really beautiful and it felt nice to get out and walk and I wonder if maybe that's kind of a good place for me to start is doing some yeah. hikes but maybe running the downhills yes definitely like that's what I say to a lot of people especially like if you can't be bothered to go out for a run I say go for a walk in your mm. running gear specifically for women the running bra because that's like the can I, yeah. can I not run of going outside the house isn't it yeah very so true. go in your running shoes and um a running bra and don't wear like loads and loads of layers that you can't tie around your waist because if you do start running you might get a bit hot um so yeah so I would yeah so that trail running is basically anything that you do on a hike um like an easy hike 
that's where you trail run. So you could do your, you know, a walk that you usually do with a dog or something like that. You could wear your running stuff, take the dog, mm. if it's a good running dog, and just, if you feel like it, break into a bit of a jog. Do that couch yeah. 5K thing that they do where they do like, oh, I'll jog for 30 seconds and then I'll walk for 30 seconds or yeah. I'll jog down this bit of the hill or I'll go to that tree and then I'll walk up this hill. The great thing about trail running is that you are supposed to walk up the hills, um, like do a nice power walk with hands on knees. Um, only if you want to go fast, you can just walk normally. <laughs> it's, it's not about going fast at all. Um, but yeah, I think um, in your local area, um, you could try for parks. There might be a canal mm. towpath. That's a really nice trail to run. Oh my there God, might be like local I managed do run woodlands. trails because we run, mm. we both run that canal towpath quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realise they are already trail runners. Trail running is not this big thing that only happens in the mountains and that you can only do if you're yeah. wearing a pair of the latest Salomon shoes with the stripes down the side and the big <laughs> claw grip and the little backpack and the poles. Like that's <laughs> You don't have to have that. You can just use your normal shoes, especially in summer when the trails are dry and there's not actually much mud at all. And yeah, um, yeah so there's canal towpaths, there's local managed forestry routes, like for example, forest England have um, forests all over the country that have mm. 10 or, or 10 or 5k marked trails that you can just follow around so you don't have to worry about getting lost um, and the other thing you can do is to um, talk to others so there's various trail running groups on social media like Facebook um, there's one that I follow um, I think it's just called Trail Running UK or Trail Runners UK and that's really mm. good people post that all the time like oh I live in so and so where are the trails does anyone else to live here does anyone want to meet ever at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and show me the trails that kind of thing so you can do that reach out to others there might be a local running club um you can also um, start exploring yourself. So one thing that I do sometimes say to people is if you see a footpath sign, you know, like if you're running along the road and you regularly see like a little green footpath sign or one of those little yellow arrows on a fence post and Mm. a stile, just go over it and see what's there and just run until (laughs) it's a recipe for disaster for some people, but just, (laughs) just run in like maybe one direction. And the thing you can do is keep turning around and taking a photograph on your phone so that you you know what you're looking for on the way back that's one way to do it or you can see like a church spire or Mm. one of those high um Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Things to do with mobile phones, like a big telegraph mobile phone tower yeah. thingy if you yeah. see anything high or a particular tree just keep turning around and going all oh, right yep i'm going back that way and don't worry about making a loop when you're first exploring just go out for like a kilometer and then turn around and come back and then you'll yeah. get to know that bit once you've got to know that bit 
turn left, turn right, and mm. um, and go from there. Just do it little by little. I think this is amazing. I think this is touching on the next bit that I was going to talk to you about, which was navigation, and ah. it's been a, it's been a bit of a, a bit of a game changer for me in terms of my running. Which is you don't have to make a circle. So when you're looking at Map mm. My Run or you're looking at Commute or whatever, that uh, that constantly for like for, honestly for 25 years I've been trying to find circles. Me too. Like from my front Not door, had to do a circle. Years, but, yeah, but you know you're just trying to find you mm. know a route that goes round in a circle. But routes don't have to be like that. And and mm-hmm. um, over the summer when I was, so I was training for the London Marathon and I was in Cornwall and I had to do something like a 17 or an 18 mile run. And I got myself fixated I mean, for two days, just staring at maps going, how am I going to do this? And then I suddenly went, because we were right by the um, the Southwest Coast Path. Yeah. And I decided to run for nine miles and then come back again. And it yeah. makes everything so much more simple because the yeah. Southwest Coast path is obviously you just need to keep the sea either on your right or your left you really don't yes. care about it um, and the same is true when you're inland obviously yeah like you said like with, when you've got a good way and so whole like where we go for park run that's the bath skyline and it's yeah. completely beautifully marked like you can't go three foot without something saying stick to this path to be on the bath skyline <laughs> and that's um it's six miles it's a 10k loop but there are places in which you can get off you can do like a two mile bit and a three mile bit kind of yeah so actually that would be a fantastic place to start and Definitely. But it's yeah. fun. I think I'm learning more and more that because funny enough I also was chatting to a friend from school um who it was absolutely lovely it was really nice haven't seen him in in years and he stopped in for a cup of tea the other night and then left at 10 a.m the next morning um because <laughs> we ended up then having wine and then staying up till one <laughs> o'clock in the morning and he is a, he's a really keen trail runner and he had recently um done a similar thing in the lake district which which sounds maybe like the one that you were talking about claire the um, lakeland trails yeah it might have been the lakeland trails was it really, really long or was it a short one? I think it was quite like two, it was a two day thing. Was it the Northern Traverse or the lakes in a day? <laughs> Could have been. I can't remember really, what he that's said. That's like across the lakes. Yeah. yeah it looked anyway, beautiful whatever it thing. was and he did a thing <laughs> and his point was like he runs a marathon in like three hours he's one of those people that makes you go Ugh. um but <laughs> he <laughs> was saying he, he he walked up I think he was saying that it was like 18 minute miles like that he ran during this race he walked up every hill he kind of ran all the flat bits and then he ran the downhills and just the joy that like he didn't he wasn't focused on like you know if you can run a three-hour marathon my automatic thought would be oh well then you start going for sub three and you start going for this and this and and just knowing that he his his challenge was like doing these really amazing interesting things I think it lit a bit of a fire in me that I was like oh I think that's a bit of me I think I quite like that as well I don't think it's about speed or distance I think it's about doing these incredible things I'm just yeah, going to put memories, my making laptop memories. in. It's run, run out of battery. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> before I <laughs> die, was... before I die. <laughs> so one thing I was going to think about there was like, what really helped me do a little bit more trail stuff was um, doing one of these long distance walking association things where I kind of got used to, so you got loads of people with you, which is really yeah. nice. So you, you don't have to particularly worry about navigation. I mean, you sort of did a little bit because there wasn't that yeah. many people and you lose sight of them slightly but knowing that there was this kind of pre-mark I didn't have to worry about 
creating yeah. the route because the route had been created for me. Yeah. Um, so I just I could just do that. And also, yeah, it's also it's learning from that. It's learning kind of you learning techniques on the fly a little bit, like like um I I I didn't run down any of the downhills, for instance, because um at that point of the year that that every field that we were running through the kind of the grass was so high that you couldn't actually see what it was like underfoot yeah so it was much that's really more hard breaky when you're when you were running down yeah there. so I would, might I would, be suddenly accidentally like doing a cool runnings yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> I was more likely to kind of huff up the hills and walk down them um, mm-hmm. on that particular run but that was yeah that was and I, I think that kind of really helped me gain confidence in trail because yeah of doing that finishing it and kind of realizing that you know it was a, a really friendly lovely experience but no pressure and, yeah. and yeah. that was it was about the last one I did was about marathon distance um and it it took me two hours longer than it does that me to do a normal marathon yeah and that really helped because I did it about six months before at the London marathon so for London marathon I had no pb I was yeah. like I don't I don't have to because I, I knew I'd come in under the six and a half hours it had taken me to do yeah. the trail run, right? <laughs> yeah. So I just thought, okay, well, that's, that's fine. That's a no-pressure London marathon. So I, mm. I thoroughly recommend people do trail yeah. before it's really, doing the road. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting yeah. that you say that because with trails, if you do a trail race, it's like if you sign up to a road race, it's kind of like, oh, it's a 10K road race, I've got to get this time. If you sign up to a trail race, you're basically just paying so that you don't have to map read. And you yeah. can, you've can you just got this lovely route marked for you with marshals and cake along the way <laughs> and drinks served to you. Cake. It's basically yeah. like a little party, but just on, on route like yeah. that's how I see a trail race <laughs> and um and it gives you it, it's like a way of discovering new places with um with and getting confident in the mountains without actually having to be super good at navigating if you do want to get good mm. at navigating I'd go on a course that's the easiest way to learn it's so mm. it's so it will just open up a whole new world of like routes for you because you just have to like I've got a map behind me on my wall because it's just of my local area and I often plan a route using the little green dotted lines which are paths um, Aww, but, that's lovely I, just I wanted... love having it physically yeah, there. yeah. I was going to say that's that's another bit of advice that my friend Jake said the other day he was saying um that he um is doing a, I think he's doing an orienteering qualification at the moment um mm-hmm. and he looked at this website and it, it this isn't for me because I have a you know spatial awareness or sense of direction and I'm not a keen <laughs> trail runner yet but I you thought it'd be good um, <laughs> I'd give it a crack but I but um I thought I'd sh- I thought it'd be worth sharing with people who are interested it was called world of I think the website is world of o and like standing mm-hmm. for world of orient orienteering um and it gives you little, they're like little treasure hunts. You just look up an area oh, yeah. and and you can find, like he lives in Bournemouth and he he found immediately like 10 of them that people had kind of laid out for you to have a crack at in Bournemouth. And um, yeah, they like you follow the points a little bit like a National Trust thing where there is, they're sort of numbered points along a route that you've got to find. Yeah. But is it, it was a little bit... It's it like a bit like geocaching yeah. when people hide hmm. the. It wasn't. It wasn't a literal treasure hunt like geocaching. I just. I just. Yeah. Just was describing it as one because it seemed like a little yeah. kind of treasure map. But but cool. yeah, very similar thing where it's like it, it, a ch- the challenge in itself was almost like finding each point and it it looked really yeah, really yeah. fun. It looked really nice. fun. Yeah. I quite like to try geocaching yeah. as well. 
Yeah, it is a it's a nice thing way because you orienteering is great because you don't really focus on the running. You're focusing on oh, where am I going? Where's this thing? How do I navigate? And then mm-hmm. by the time you've done it, you're like oh, I'm really knackered because I've tried to <laughs> I've tried to run up that hill and I wouldn't usually. <laughs> so yeah, yeah orienteering is good as well. Yeah. I like oh, it, but I'm not terribly good at map reading, so it always frustrates no, I'm, me. I, yeah, I'm completely shy. <laughs> terrible, but... dreadful. I'm um, more good at just like not using a map and just going off and going, oh, I think it's that way, and then gradually coming back round to where I should be. <laughs> better mm, if I'm not yeah. got my head in a map, so I'm then really seeing everything. Um, yeah, obviously, you need I must one admit, in the mountains. You d- yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. Um, but I must because I'd done the the race that I did in April this year. I've done it twice, and the first year I did it was three or four years ago, and it was pre Garmin for me. So this mm. is how I live, pre and post Garmin. Um, and so I was using a piece of paper strapped to my chest and oh. reading, which had, and in fact, it wasn't just one piece of paper. I think it was six pieces of A4, <sighs> lots of very, very tightly cramped text saying, you know, run towards the style northwesterly kind of oh, stuff. Oh, like going, I don't print I, off or before, before do, yeah. a long, a car journey when like you yes. used to print yeah, that from the AA website. That's what I had. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a map, but I had all these instructions and this is how you, you'd cope with that kind of race or, or I, I certainly had to cope with it pre-Garmin. Mm. And I, I don't know Northwest, right? I, I literally mm. don't know my the points of a, of a compass. So I was just like, this is it, it was just so hard for me to do. And I did get lost a couple of times when I was doing it. This time I did it with Garmin mm. and it buzzes you. I, I was able to put the map onto my watch yeah. by the power of magic and it would <laughs> buzz me if I went on the wrong path for like two steps it would just go wow and then it would have a little arrow going turn around I'll be like, oh okay and it oh. was just the best thing in the world that sounds any- like it gives you a little electric shock yeah it was brilliant I absolutely yeah. love well, you're more advanced than me I can't I haven't done that yet all I, I do is take a photograph of the bit of land on my phone and then I follow it like that and then if I get really lost I have to open google maps and tally it up <laughs> with what I've photographed on my phone um or I take a small version of the map or just or just the map all folded um but yeah uh, I haven't managed to really use a gps watch for navigation oh. yet because I'm really old school and I was taught like map and compass stuff so mm-hmm. um it I don't trust it yet. Well, cu- <laughs> cu- come, the, come the revolution, though, soon. Claire. That means that you'll be able to kind of find your way out of whatever kind of zombie <laughs> yeah. kind of infested apocalypse. Yeah, you yeah find you're ourselves definitely in. surviving yeah. the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and I, like, I, no, I be... don't have a charger. How to maul a zombie to death? So, not quite sure what to do. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we'll just out, have to outrun them. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, oh my god, um, that scared me. Yes, my cat's oh. just jumped off. I thought it was oh. a, a zombie. Hello, hello, course, you, you just want feeding and to step on all the keys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, there's cat's ass just walking past there. Lovely. Mm. Um, I've got I've got a question which is more to do with me then, um, and not Holly. Sorry, Holly. Um, no, it's which right. was I'll, I'll I'll chill out for a bit. Um, <laughs> I just wondered what you would recommend as um, an entry-level ultra, because that's where I want to go next. Um, that's interesting. And, yeah. So, what, what would you what would you recommend? Yeah, 
entry-level ultra. So that's interesting because I just wrote down that I wanted to speak about ultras briefly before before it came to an end um, because I think a lot of people think of, uh, they think, oh my God, ultras, the most incredible thing ever. Oh my God, how do people do that? But that's because they're coming from a running background where they've, they've done a half marathon and really slogged their guts out to get like a two-hour time or something or they've slogged their guts out on a marathon to get a four and a half hour time or something. And then they think, oh my God, I could never run a step further than that. Mm. But ultras is really, they're actually a lot easier than a half marathon or a marathon on roads because it's not about the time at all. You just, you can't tell, you know, uh, the miles isn't the thing about the ultra it's the terrain it's how many hills there are you can't really judge it in the same way that you would judge a road half marathon or marathon um so uh, it's really interesting that you've brought that up because a lot of really long stuff you know, like these hundred milers that people do they're actually walking a great deal of them like mm. the olympics of trail running is called the ultra tour de mont blanc which is 108 mm. miles around mont blanc the mountain it's on these trails and tracks and a, and a lot of the runners are coming in in like 30 or four, well, 40 hours um, for a mid-pack runner. And th- so they've basically done a lot of hiking. It's a really long hike. Unless you're mm. an elite athlete or in the top 200 people, you are not doing a lot of running on that on that race. And even the yeah. elites hike up all the hills. I have seen it with my own eyes. They just, they, they don't even try to run up the, the hills, the steep hills. They get their poles out and they hike. Um, so ultra running is a lot easier than you might think. It's just yeah. jogging along. It's basically like those long distance walking association races that you've done but not races just outings that you've done some yeah. people do jog them and and hike 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 and run them um so a good beginner ultra again i think i'd point you in the direction of the lakeland trails because they do one ultra i think uh, they do a couple actually they do i think they do a 50k um I would, yeah, I would start with a 50k event um, mm-hmm. because 50k is an ultra. It's 31 miles, so it's like yeah. the, the the first step into ultra that you dip your toe into. And I'd look for one that w- wasn't too hilly because that's what takes a long time <laughs> in an ultra. And yeah. I'd look for one that maybe, unless you love being in the mountains, maybe one that's a bit um, mm. a, a bit more like not too remote and technical in terms of like really rocky mountainous terrain like I wouldn't recommend like the skyline Scotland or anything because that's insane (laughs) (laughs) something like something you know like X Energy they do a lot of um they do a lot of nice little ultras like the Druids Challenge that's a three-dayer but something Mm. by them would be good or um there's Maverick events or Endurance Life events are really good as well um and Centurion Running as well they do some nice 50k um I think, or maybe it's 50 miles. Um, there's, there's like 50K, 50 miles, 100K, 100 miles. That's like the main ultras. Um, so yeah, or maybe something in the Peak District. I choose one where that inspires you, but also um, you think, oh, that looks kind of doable, but it excites me in a kind of challenging way. Like, oh, you know, there's a bit of jeopardy involved. So yeah. I choose one like that. And to find one, I use um, SI entries or find a race. Mm. Um, so they're the, the two that I just use. To, and you can narrow it down um, in terms of distance. So you can look at all the distances that you can possibly do. Um you go and sit there, Kat. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to recommend like a, an, an actual one race because I don't mm. I don't know all the races that are out there. But yeah. I would I'd do a, 
a 50k that was about two maybe maybe a thousand meters of ascent maximum mm, yeah. if you can yeah. find it and maybe a bit like the southern races tend to be a bit that you know, there's less mountains down south so there's there's more options down south for for mm-hmm. flat ones i wouldn't do a totally flat one personally because um it's just a bit boring <laughs> it's yeah, like you yeah. have to keep running yeah. whereas yeah. uphill you you've got like oh right i've got something to do now and then downhill you're like oh have a little bit of a chill the other thing you could actually do that a lot of people are finding really popular these days apparently women are finding these type of races really popular is that you get like six hours or ten hours or something and you have to do laps so you've got like a five mile route or yeah. something and you go yeah. around as many yeah. times as you want which is great yeah. for people with families because you can you're always passing the same checkpoint and your family can be like hey you're here again have a cake have a have a jaffa cake um mm-hmm. and that's quite easy for you to support somebody on that and you can go as far as you want now to me it sounds like an absolute nightmare because you don't get any of the journey sense that i really love with yeah. journey. but for mm. somebody wanting to just see how far they can go in a really safe environment it's actually a really good idea so mm-hmm. one of yeah. those might be a good idea for you I as well depending was, on yeah. how you are like mentally with this type of thing yeah but uh, yeah a bit of both of those is, is um mm. it, yeah would be fun i yeah i was looking at um there was uh, a friend of mine that is putting on a, a backyard ultra yeah um, that's what they call so, them yeah and so mm-hmm. and she was she was and I think there were 10k loops or something yeah um, and it did it was yeah I was quite uh yeah as long as it's not like a you know on a track I don't like those 24-hour track races and things like that just looks <laughs> yeah insane, insane. But, I know yeah, people that have done them and I'm just like oh really how do I, I struggle to do five laps of that track no I can't bear uh, it can't bear it but yeah t- a 10k lap of something that was interesting looking then yeah I'd, I'd yeah that's that does seem that is appealing in terms of not getting lost yeah yeah but I mean if it's a race like if it's way marked you shouldn't get too lost there that's true um but yeah sometimes on the longer ones they don't way mark them as much um yeah but I yeah I think that would be the way to go brilliant oh cool thank you so much (laughs) I'm actually so I'm so excited I haven't signed up to anything next year apart from no no I'm not even going to say it but I've not we've, no, we've not we've not signed up to anything apart from Paris half have we yeah um Paris half I definitely in March to, uh, Paris cool. half in March but yes I did want a, a summer oh well I'd love to trail. like take you on a first trail like not first trail race but I'd love to meet you guys on a trail race like one of the Lakeland trails events I would love to show you those because they've got all the band the, dr- the drumming band and all the Ooh. excitement and Make I'd love to good. show you guys one of those races it'd be really oh. fun oh Polly I might have to hold you to that because that just sounds so amazing it does sound pretty cool <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> oh my god I get so excited yeah I get really I'm excited slightly dissociating because I'm that, <laughs> it, it would be very scary but I mean oh it wouldn't oh. be because we'd both be there with you and we'd run with you the whole way so it would just be like and it wouldn't going matter for a little if I was slow no not at all no okay <laughs> no I think all people say that don't they they're like oh I can't run with you Claire because I'm too slow and I'm like I do the majority of my runs at 12 minute miling. Like yeah. I'm not a fast, fast runner unless I need to, you know, it's like mm-hmm. humans aren't designed to go fast all the time. If your life depends on it, go fast. So I use parkrun as my go fast opportunity. Um, yeah. And, you know, I might do a li- bit of a speed session if I fancy it at some point, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It, that makes me feel a lot better. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> and we can walk the hills and mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's bloody just do be it. Fun. Let's do it. A Lakeland Trails <laughs> event in 2023. Yeah. Oh, I love it. now. It's really fun. Yes. It's there. It's there. It's there. I've got to do it now. <laughs> okay. When is it? Sorry. <laughs> I don't, says, I don't know. Actually, we have to book one. Okay. <laughs> oh, I see. There are no multiple worries. throughout March? the year. Or <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, not much. <laughs> not much. We've got half marathon in March. Let's do uh, it. Yeah. Like summer. Let's summer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can do we, we're going to do some googling after this, aren't we? Huh? Okay. Yeah. And then when I see my friend Jake again, I'll be like. Yeah. I'll know exactly. I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. trails. Oh, yeah. me too. <laughs> speed goat. Me too. Got yeah. on it right 18 now, minute babe. miles. Yeah. <laughs> Got <your> speed goat <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Holly, um, I did promise that we would do just a tiny bit of Bake Off because yes. the, the final has uh, been and gone. Um, we, we need we've to discuss. Out. There, are, there are two episodes we've not talked about. Um, oh sorry God, about this, Claire, Claire. I'm so sorry. Is this going to oh, be so dull Fill me in. It's, I know, one of the reasons I watch Gogglebox is so that I don't have to watch any other telly. So this is like a bit of a Gogglebox for me. <laughs> I feel you. But, but we, we, we are two episodes down. We didn't talk about the semi-finals and we haven't talked about the No, about the because we haven't talked about Yanush going. <laughs> oh, my oh my goodness, Claire. This was, mo- this was just so, so <laughs> upsetting because he has been our favourite all the way through. And, oh. um I knew something was up because last Esther had seen the episode and I hadn't last time we recorded mm. and she wouldn't tell me anything, but I knew something. No, you I, did very, I, said, I think I was very cryptic. Job. Wasn't I? I was like, have you, have you seen, have you seen last night's episode? And you were like, no, why? What's happened? Yeah, I did. I was the one, I was the one who jumped to conclusions. I was like, nothing, Actually, nothing. Esther was very convincing. She didn't give anything away. Um, but, I was a bit gutted. I was a bit gutted. Tell you what, you also, you did such a good job at not letting me know that Abdul was going to get Star Baker as well. Because because you were like, oh, he still has not got Star Baker. And so in the back of my head all episode, I was like, well, Esther's seen this one. And she said he still hasn't got Star Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's just so forgettable, isn't he, Abdul? Unfortunately. I came round Um, to him in the the final episode. I I just started to. But it's a bit late for all that, really, wasn't it? I was 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 so, so, so sorry. This is going to be a weird combo of both episodes, isn't it? But I'm (laughs) so, so, so glad that Shabira won in the end she was just <gasps> me too I oh my god her. she was wonderful absolutely yeah. right I, I even wrote notes I was watching did you? I wrote notes. okay I did because I wanted to I wanted to point out the bit that um the little bit of filming of Sandro's family yes. made me actually cry yes. I had I had a hurty throat and have sobby oh. tears <laughs> I was watching I it on my wondered, own. <laughs> I did wonder during that bit whether he might win because he yes. was um because they they'd made that that family bit was so lovely and emotional. I thought is this a, so a classic editing technique here that he's yeah. then going to win because they've made his Aww. his bit Think about Sandro is he doesn't actually need to win, does he? Because he he has oh, won got, anyway. Because yeah. he's there's going to be book deals, TV deals yeah. all over the shop. Sandro's Christmas bakes i'm sure is already coming to is in the printing press absolutely. as we speak absolutely yeah also my second note that i made was um shapira's boyfriend describing himself as boyfee did you oh my hear God, that? I did, no i didn't clock that Ooh, 
Boyfi, who Doug and I laughed so much when he came on the screen because he, (laughs) she described him as very, very bald with glasses or something like that when she first (laughs) described him. And he was just exactly who I was imagining. As soon as he appeared, I was like, yep. That's who I pictured when you said very, very bald oh, with glasses. I tell you, I tell you what we didn't talk Boise. about in, in the pre in the previous episode. Shapira, had, she made her her genome sequence cake, didn't she? Oh my god, that was insane! And, do you remember? And so, suddenly it was like she was kind of like the, the sort of like the cute the cute baker. But suddenly she defies all expectations, is a massive scientist, massive woman in STEM. Yeah, woman in STEM. Crea- she creates DNA out of baking it was, it like, was insane what, claire she made this she made this um this what was it made it was out of croquant or something they call it i can't remember what it's called terrifying Either something way, she terrifying made a whole dna s- sequence wow. and she and down the bottom she had little chromosomes popping and the about chromosomes and... was supporting the whole structure they were just like cool. little biscuits that were made yeah. that were little x chromosomes and they were supporting the entire Thing. Oh, it was incredible. It was wild. Incredible. It was and wild. It her job is she's um, got some kind of crazy kind of scientific job, hasn't she? And oh, I can't even remember what it was. Well, I am just Googling her and she said it says she loves gaming and often spends evening playing an online World War II simulation game. Oh. Um, yeah. Which you wouldn't you expect. No. no. She, she just looks like a nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> Woman in STEM. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and then I had two other comments to make, which was Sandro's summer pudding. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. oh dear. Oh dear. Um, and lastly, it was Shapira's orangutan. <laughs> oh my one. god. Yeah, Claire, you need to look up a quick picture of this orangutan. I can I'm just looking that up um Severa's uh, genome cake. That looks amazing. Oh, are you? oh, oh yeah, amazing. that was incredible. The orangutan Sandro's orangutan. No, this no, 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 Shapira as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was it was amazing the whole structure. Yeah. But the, oh, face, wow. the face was, a, was it was an unfortunate orangutan. It does look a bit like a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah that's not that's not tugging on your heartstrings about palm it's oil not. anytime soon, it's is not. it? That that one. No, I I said to Dave, what they need to do is they need to bring. I what I want them to do on Bake Off is to give them more time to make the stuff so it's not so stressful yeah. and I want them to ask the the in the final I want them to go back to making them ask do a do a wedding cake that's how it oh, used to be isn't it, did it, used it? To be a wedding cake yeah really, yeah. Oh, really? I'm sure. the first series it was do a wedding cake and so then oh. you got these great big towering amazing things and it, 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 it was a wider brief yeah. basically and it was just yeah much more you can exciting. do whatever you like it can be so exciting and so lovely and everything. So I just do that. I want to do that. That's what I want. That's very yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. You're an OG fan for knowing that, I think. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. I mean, I can't really remember, though, because this was also all back in the day when I would have watched telly. And if I wasn't in on a Tuesday night, then I just didn't see Bake Off. So I don't know whether yeah. when it first came out, I remember it, it, I remember it and I remember getting really excited by it and watching some episodes with my mum and stuff. But mm. I don't think, I think because it came out on the telly, if I wasn't in on a Tuesday, you then that, it. that was that. And to be fair, yeah. like when I was watching like the first and the second series of Bake Off, I mean, you were like maybe three. 
I mean, God knows how long it's been going on. Oh, but, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. To do, Holly. <laughs> yeah. I know. I wonder how many series there have been. <gasps> I, uh... You could go back and watch all the series. Oh, shall I? Do it. We could, we could do a, a full <laughs> Bake Off spin-off pod where <laughs> we only talk about Bake Off. Do write in, oh. let us know. Yeah, Inside yeah. Podcast. Inside that, Bake Off, yeah. podcast yeah. at anthem.co.uk. Please let us know if you'd like us to do a spin-off <laughs> Only Bakes. Only Bakes, no running. Only Bakes, no running. <laughs> or what about We Only Run Flans? Only Flans. Yeah. <laughs> Only Flans. Only Flans. <laughs> that is good. I like that. That's strong. Yeah, that's fucking great, isn't <laughs> it? Oh, Holly. Really <laughs> need to write that down. Okay. <laughs> Only Flans. Just go and trademark that. Only Flans. <laughs> yeah. I would subscribe. <laughs> I don't even know flan. I don't even know what flan is. What is a flan? No, I only know flan. You could. (laughs) Not a good pud. I lived in Spain for six months and flan is literally like the only pudding that they understand. It it was such a miserable, it wasn't a miserable six months. I had a great time, but pud wise, shite. That is not like good. A, a sloppy custard set, set custody type thing. Yeah, it's a set, a set custody thing. It's sort of maybe halfway between sort of a creme brulee in that I feel like there is, yeah. there is a bit of a brulee going mm-hmm. on on the top, but then almost like a panna cottery thing where it's a bit wobbly. Yeah. It's nasty in my personal mm. humble Horrid. opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah not, not for not me. That's why they don't have a flan day on Bake Off. No, exactly. No. Because no, 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 you really wouldn't want to do that. But it is up there with that because I got really hot under the collar about summer pudding because I was like, summer pudding is the shittest pudding. It is. Pudding. It's, I actually it's it's soggy bread. Anything with soggy bread. Me too. Bread, bread and butter. Quite nice. Oh, I don't bread like bread and butter nice. pudding. I don't like it. No, don't you? I don't like I bread like and butter pudding. Done well. It's no. nice. But bread pudding. That's What's bread pudding? Game. Oh my god! Oh, bread, bread pudding. Gorgeous. <gasps> Can I come oh, round for a nice. bread pudding? <laughs> yeah, it's like bread, white bread layered up with kind of creamy custardy stuff and raisins. It, Guys, yeah, just yeah, it's like basically like a moist pudding. hot crust bun with custard it, it, on. It's amazing. Yeah, it's spices and all sorts and lush. Yeah, it's yeah. So, I'll give that yeah. a go. It's really nice. I, I, I've, I have real like when I saw they were doing summer pudding, I had like a visceral reaction of. I still feel horrendous guilt because I got in this situation. I can, I, my mum listens to this. I don't know whether I've ever told my mum, but I, I don't have to worry about my, my granny hearing this anymore. She's sadly no longer with us. But when I was a child, she used to make summer pudding. And for some reason, I must have very politely gone, mmm, granny, I love this a couple, too, a oh, few no. too many times that no. she really got in her head that I loved summer pudding. And so every time I come around, she'd make summer pudding and, by the end, she also was starting to slightly lose it. She smoked 40 a day all her life. So she was definitely losing a little bit of her kind of taste. And she was mm. getting a bit older and, and maybe wasn't, because she, she was a brilliant cook and maybe was starting to lose it a little bit. And um and was just making these very, very soggy and sad summer puddings. Oh, and I and had also, to uh, eat them all up and go, yum, yum, oh. granny. Oh, <laughs> Oh, no. And also, I mean, when I was when I was given them, it was slices of summer pudding, which were also really tart, aren't they? Because of all the red currants and stuff. So yeah. there's no fun in there. No, and there's yeah. no fun bit. It's like you a health food. Smoggy... It, yeah. it is a health food, it's, but with it's white bread. You want if you're going to have a pudding, have a massive chocolate cake. Exactly. Like, you don't want have fruit. fruit. <laughs> don't have fruit. No, no, no. Absolutely, I thoroughly agree. And it would be given to me, usually accompanied by something really, really massively unfun, like creme fraiche. 
Oh, yeah, oh, great. Like fresh. Sure. No, ice cream, yeah. you could just about tolerate it. Oh, <laughs> oh, you oh, yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't allowed no. ice cream either. It was it's definitely like something like creme fresh. Yeah, you mm. want something sweet to cut through the sourness, not something yeah. sour to cut through the sourness to make it even less fun. <laughs> this oh. is yeah. Britain. This is Britain. And this is what we're like with our puddings and stuff. Like, it, we're it, very, it, very opinionated about the pudding. Yeah, oh. and we don't really like too much joy. Like, I don't think anyone likes fucking summer pudding. I think you go, oh, summer pudding is a wonderful thing to serve. Yeah, exactly. You don't actually like it. No one likes it. It's just a sort of horrid. We we always have summer pudding, of course, on a Sunday afternoon. Because it's summer. (laughs) Because it's summer. Yeah. I don't want that. No. I want my Christmas pudding pudding with golden syrup. Christmas pudding. Oh dear. No. I don't well, like I Christmas, like Christmas pudding, but not Christmas cake. Christmas pudding oh, yeah, is like nice and moist. Ooh, I with like custard cake, and brandy butter. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm screwed around Christmas time because I hate Christmas cake. I hate Christmas pud. The only That's thing right. I always have to make myself a separate um, pudding at Christmas yeah. time. I what made do you a make? lemon drizzle. Or no, you know that's what I usually make. Last year, <laughs> I made, that's the only thing I know how to make. But I did attempt last year. I made a um, like a biscoff steamed pudding, and it Ooh. was it was it was it was way too sweet. It was nasty. It was nasty. Uh, it was uh, like a day's work. And me and my sister took our first mouthful. We were so excited, and we went, "Oh, oh, no. oh dear!" Um, oh no! <laughs> you could have eased it off with a bit of creme fraiche, you know? Like, I, I, I could have done actually. That's that's what what it needed. Needed creme it needed creme <laughs> I think I'm a. If I were to choose a Christmas pud that I do actually genuinely love. It was my best friend in school. Her mum was a baker and what mm. a cool job for your mum to do. Um, sure. And she used to make a bouche de Noël or a chocolate log. Bouche de Noël in my family because we're weird and there's a lot of slightly eccentric, <laughs> mad people. And, um, and for some reason, just, I know that's the that French. That means mouth uh, in French. But, yes, mouth log, of Christmas. Also log. <laughs> also log oh okay yeah. Ah. yeah so it was it was a christmas log which incidentally horrible nasty joke but what my dad always used to say he was going off to do when he'd finished it um but, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was like um it was like a chocolate pudding I think most people just call it a chocolate log. I don't know. I thought I, I said that confidently, Booster Noel, then I don't think that's what anybody else calls it. Um, <laughs> but, You're gonna um, say Mikluave now. <laughs> I know, I know. But uh yeah, it was it was like just basically like a, a chocolate Swiss roll thing with Nutella all yeah. over it and oh, nice. oh my god. Lil's mum's chocolate log, if you pardon the expression, was <laughs> um, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> so good. Oh, I it's think all gone a bit lowbrow now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has gone. It's gone to like yeah, all, all the puddings I've ever eaten in my life. That, that, that's yeah. where we are now, aren't we? <laughs> okay, nice. Thank uh, you so much, Claire. Oh, it's been a pleasure. So it's been really fun. Yeah. You've brightened up my Friday. <laughs> oh, and oh, it always was too. Mine. I was yeah, doing. always brightens mine. We need to go off and Google some races now, right, Hall? Yes, yes, yes. And we'll Google the cake that we're going to eat afterwards. Yes, oh yeah. Exactly. yeah i'll bring a chocolate log yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've converted me that's what it's called now <laughs> a christmas mouth i'm gonna call it a christmas yeah. mouth this yeah. year mouth. When I go home. mouth of christmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you for listening 
do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe, that way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our supporters on Patreon and you'll receive a special patron-only weekly newsletter from me and Holly and free access to our monthly live chats. If you join our cheer squad tier for just £6 a month, you can listen to bonus podcasts too. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running to find out more. Happy running. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market